All right, here we are. It is July 11th, 2023. This is episode six of season three of the More Math for More People podcast. And we're so glad you're here. Cheers. Hello there, I'm Joel. And I'm Misty. And you're listening to the More Math for More People podcast, an outreach of CPM Educational Program. We have a lot of conversations about math and math education on this podcast. We're passionate about continually improving the way math is taught, and we hope that you learn something in every episode that helps you become better at what you do. And we hope that you have some fun and laugh as well. That always makes things a little more interesting. Yep, we're pretty passionate about having fun, Joel. So please have a listen, and we think it'll be well worth it. Boom. Do, 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 do. What is the national day today? Today is July 11th, or 7-11. Oh. Which means it's National Free Slurpee Day. What? Yeah. Wow. How many free Slurpees can you get? I think as many as they have, like one at a time. One at a time. Can you just get right back in the line and get another one? Do you think they'll I, let you do absolutely. that? Absolutely. And you got to get up early too because- Do they run out of Slurpees? Yeah. There's a 7-Eleven maybe a half block away from my house here. A half a block? And they run out by nine in the morning. Wow. Yeah. Why and then you, they can't just make people, more. Why would people want to have Slurpees so early in the morning? Because they're free. Because <laughs> they're free. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't think I've ever actually had a Slurpee. Oh, you're kidding. I'm not kidding you. I well, this could be your I've entry ever... point into uh, the culture. Hmm. They're so delicious. It sounds like sugary, icy water. That's Ugh, what it just, is. Ew, that sounds gross. Sorry. You nailed it. That sounds gross. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not big on the sweet, sugary things. But, uh, but if, it was a, if it were a red Slurpee, I might have some of it. Maybe I just get, can they, do they have they like have little child-sized Slurpees that are like taster size? I would have one well, of those maybe. eight ounces. Is that taster? Yeah, I might split it with some. I get the big gulp size or whatever. The, the big gigantic. gulp size? You're just, yeah. that's free. I'm getting as much as I can. Yeah. I Well, even on days where you pay for it, I enjoy a Slurpee. There's so many good things about Slurpees. What do you enjoy about the Slurpee? The taste. Okay. The texture. Does it actually have a taste or is it just sugary? No, it like, has does a it taste. Tastes like there's. What's your favorite um, flavor? I like to get Coca Cola and lemon and mix it together. Okay, I was making a face. No one could see. There's they lots have Coca Cola flavored Slurpee. Oh yeah. In my brain, they're just like red, green, orange. No, they have sour apple. That would be green. They have mango lychee. There's a whole nother world in 7-Eleven. You got to get into this. I Well, I could. I, I might not, but I could. How many Slurpees do you think that are sold every month in Winnipeg, Manitoba? How, How many, many Slurpees, Slurpees per month? In Winnipeg, Manitoba? Yes. It's a many? random space to, to talk about. Yeah. In all the 7-Elevens in Winnipeg. That have the number of Slurpees sold every month in Winnipeg, Manitoba. <laughs> 5,000. 
188,883. Wow. That is an interesting average. Did you know that Winnipeg, Manitoba, Mm -hmm. has been crowned the Slurpee capital of the world for the last 20 years? I didn't even know that was a thing. (laughs) Well, you're learning a lot today. Or do they get a plaque? Do they get a like a trophy? Like kind of like the like to. the Stanley Cup where they just keep putting the names That'd be cool. of the winners on it. I huh, wish they would do that. Crowned. Like clearly there was some ceremony. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Why Winnipeg, Manitoba? I don't know. They just really love Slurpees there. I think they're just like we and once they won, they're like, oh, people, we're gonna keep everyone else from winning. It doesn't seem like that would be a place I'd want a Slurpee. If I was thinking of Slurpees, I think of a hot place. And Winnipeg, Manitoba doesn't sound like a hot place. <laughs> Well, in the summertime, it's probably all that daylight. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. That yep. is very interesting. Uh, so you're going to celebrate today? No, probably not. That's a big letdown. I'd have to f- figure out even where there's a 7-Eleven near my house. I get it. I have ways of doing that. I could just yes. look it up on the internet or on my phone. I can help you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I get it. I could just probably even push a button and go, Siri, where's the nearest 7-Eleven? That's that right. Tell me. That's right. Yeah, I'm not going to run out there and fight crowds of people to try to get a Slurpee. That does not, that's not my thing, for sure. Maybe you could go on a day when it's not free. Okay. Just to try it. Just go out, get one, try a flavor. All right. My life will be more complete. It'll be, yeah. It, mm-hmm. it, you'll have an activity that you had not done before now into your list. Exactly. All right. I will consider that. I will consider okay. that. Yes, I'll consider that. I'm getting up. I'm going to try and go get one. <laughs> if this were, if we were recording this actually on the day, I would hope you've already yeah. been there because it's probably too late otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. You got, you really do have to get, and there's always a line all day. Oh, yeah. And then they have to put a sign up on the door that says, sorry, we're out of Slurpees. So it would fast. suck to get there just before, as they're starting to run out and you're like, I want this one. We're out of that kind. I want this mm-hmm. kind. We're out of that mm-hmm. kind. Well, just tell me which kinds you have left. We have lemon left. That'd be good. I like lemon. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Only lemon or whatever. Lime. Lime. Like lime too. Ugh. Does not sound delicious to me. That's I, also well, a green. I, yeah. <laughs> I would be challenged probably to determine the flavor difference between sour apple and myself. Well, that, that sounds like a challenge that maybe wow. you could go. Oh, I'll consider it. <laughs> I'm still considering, though good. I'm skeptical. Fair enough. All right. Well, if you are a person who likes Slurpees or wants to try a Slurpee for the first time or the last time, get out there right now. Better get out there quick. So now we are so excited to bring to you the second half of our conversation with Eli Luberoff, the founder of Desmos. If you did not hear part one, please go back to episode 3.5 and listen to the first part of our conversation with Eli. It's really lovely. And then you can come and listen to this one. Enjoy. So where is Desmos now? I know there's been some big changes in the last year and some other things and taking two pieces in different directions. Where is it and where is it going from here? Do you think that you can, I know you've already said there's not a specific path, but what are you mm-hmm. seeing at this point? 
Yeah, the, the path is more and more clear the further that we that we travel it. But maybe I'll, I'll start with what happened over the last year because it, yeah. it has been a, a wild year from that perspective. So Desmo started back in 2012 with our graphing calculator, but it did not take long for us to start to work with teachers and then hire teachers and eventually end up with a team that was predominantly teachers saying, what are, what are the other things that we can do to most impact learning in, in classrooms? The calculator was such a great example of a thing that was just could be so much better mm-hmm. if we just did it. But one of the things that we, that we also kept hearing was that there was a need for digital content that was also good as students are spending more time on computers. The way that we use computers inside of classrooms was really uninspiring, I, I think. There are some counterexamples for sure, but like a lot of it was just not using the medium effectively. And a lot mm-hmm. of it was computers are incredibly good at playing videos. Let's put videos on computers. Great. But are they good for students? Who knows? Computers <laughs> are incredibly good at serving on multiple choice questions and then deciding which next multiple choice question to serve. So let's do that because we have a hammer. Everything looks like a nail. Without the, is this good for students? And so we started to build out this platform that would let you build lessons. We built lessons using them that tried to tap into this idea that computers can make content that is social and creative and let students express interesting ideas and not just the narrow set of ideas that the interface was designed to let them express. So over the subsequent few years ended up having the calculator continue to grow, but also building organically and accidentally as it's a pattern, <laughs> an entire curriculum, a middle school math curriculum. And there were a couple things about that that became kind of complicated, even as I, I'm really, really proud of what we built. One of them is that the needs and demands and ways of building and getting into market a free piece of software like the calculator and the curriculum look just dramatically different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were kind of getting pulled in two different directions. And the other was this really interesting effect where with the calculator, one of our goals was that we wanted to be able to work with everybody. And so CPM, I think, was our first partnership where Desmos was officially, the calculator was officially part of the content. And I love that. And then with the other hand of our company, we were also starting to be competitive mm-hmm. with the very people that we wanted to also support. And so it became just a little bit messy and complicated <laughs> at navigating that kind of thing. And so we, sure. we had talked as a team and figured out that there was a path forward where we split our company into two different pieces. We have the calculators and then we also had the curriculum and the curriculum joined up with a company called Amplify who acquired it and is now building a joint curriculum using it. And the calculators, which is the part that I, I run now, reincorporated as a public benefit corporation. Part of this transaction, also, we were able to reincorporate into this new corporate structure where investors have no kind of extra authority versus the other stakeholders that we care about, like our team, like our users, like mm-hmm. our partners. Bless, bless our investors for letting us do this. I'm, I'm incredibly grateful. But one of the other benefits of this is that now Desmos Studio, as we call it, the, the part of the company that builds the calculators, is able to focus completely on just making the best possible tools and working with the people in the space who we think are doing really good stuff. So we have Desmos Studio, that's the part I run, Desmos Classroom, which is part of Amplify. And both of them, I think, have a a lot ahead of them. Mm -hmm. I imagine your question was mostly about what's coming for Desmos Studio. Sure, yeah. (laughs) I would love to hear that part, yes. (laughs) Well, a few parts of this. One of the dreams of Desmos Studio 
And returning to that story a little bit is that building curriculum is also incredibly intensive. It's really, really hard. I don't need to tell you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, we agree. Huge fraction of our time and energy as a team was going into building the curriculum. And there were a lot of things that I wanted to do with the calculators that we just couldn't. And so reincorporate as, as a business that is just a public benefit corporation that's just focused on the tools, we get to start to do those. And the first one of those actually launched just a week ago which is a new, a successor to our geometry tool Hmm. that is built on top of all of the power of the graphing calculator Hmm. that I'm extremely, extremely excited about. It's been a five-year dream of mine to make a much, much, much better version of that. We have a couple other tools that I'm not allowed to say what they are that are (laughs) out over the next, over the next year or so that are similarly just kind of ambitious in this goal of trying to be amazing open tools for people to express their mathematical thinking and explore new ideas. Geometry is one of those. Graphing is one of those, of course. So part of the answer is just that. We're, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm back to my roots of just building mm-hmm. tools for mathematical exploration, getting them into as many people's hands as possible. The other really interesting thing that is happening with Desmo Studio that I'm excited about is that we have this enormous question, which is someone is maybe asked to start using Desmos in seventh grade, or maybe they find it on their own because they're looking for a free graphing calculator. And then they graduate high school. What happened? Is it like a handheld calculator that you hand down to your sim, your, your younger brother? Or is it like email or a spreadsheet or word processing that you carry with you into college and then into your career and into your life? And we honestly had no idea because we hadn't had people who had used Desmos all through mm-hmm. middle school and then graduated until recently. And the thing that we've been seeing increasingly is, yes, people are continuing to use it. And so I've started visiting college classes in who here uses Desmos, and a lot of them do, and a lot of them love it. And a lot of them have feature requests about what they want it to do that we don't. And then we're seeing even people bringing it into careers in really interesting ways. People at video game design companies who are using mm-hmm. Desmos to model out different things and people are using it as a way to push on financial literacy in, in different ways. There's a lot of applications we've been seeing commercially. And we honestly had no idea. Like, is this a useful instructional tool or is it a useful life tool? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the answer might be both. And if nice. the answer is yeah. both, then I am over the moon thrilled. And so a lot of our focus is going to be helping people as they develop from seventh graders into high schoolers, into college students, into professionals, making sure that we're able to support them through that whole journey. And then we can also start to bring that back. And so you can start to ask that question of when am I going to use this in the world? And if you can tell a student, like that video game you played last night, like mm-hmm. they used it. that car that you were driven in here today, they used it. That it's pretty cool. Yeah. Every, yeah. every part of the world uses math and we can start to show that in fact, even the tools that we're using in class are going mm-hmm. to benefit you later on. That's, that's just a pretty exciting direct. Very cool. It is. It's kind of cheating in a way, but I can tell you, I use it in my professional life all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's real. Yeah. Yeah. Almost every day. (laughs) All right. So there's been a lot of talk of AI. Is there, is there anything that you see Desmos going and integrating with that in any way at this point? I know that's a huge open kettle of worms there, right? (laughs) But do you see that as something that like, oh, here's some opportunities, here's some ways that Desmos could move in that direction or integrate that in some way? 
It's a really profound question. And I think mm-hmm. one that basically every company is going to have to think about and every person is going to have to think about. Yeah. And the answer is almost certainly yes. I, I have seen a lot of technological fans come and go, and we tend to be like, especially skeptical of mm-hmm. things we're excited about and technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one is not a fad, I'm quite convinced. And evidence for that includes that like I use some of these machine learning models personally in my day-to-day mm-hmm. work. It, it's proving helpful for me, and I know that a ton of people are. I'm really nervous about and cautious about the right ways to put this inside of products that are facing students <laughs> for a variety of reasons. Like machine learning models are amazing at sounding like a human, and also amazing at making stuff up. And I do not want to be making <laughs> stuff up and putting it on a kid. Right. Um, and one of the design principles of our calculators is that they're transparent, that you can look at it and understand how it works and you could recreate it. And one of the core things about large language models is that they are unpredictable. Nobody knows how they work, including the people who built them. Which <laughs> is and so we just want to be very, very, very careful. Mm-hmm about the the ways to use that and probably really focused and targeted about when we do. And so we're starting to think about some ways that 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 could happen. But there are a few interesting places that it's already showing up. One of them is that we've been hearing increasingly of one of the commercial applications of of Desmos is that people who are learning about machine learning, it's a lot of math. It's a lot of matrix multiplication. It's a lot Mm -hmm. of thinking about different weight functions and how to interpolate between zero and one. And they're using Desmos a fair bit Mm -hmm. to help with their understanding of how these models work. Interesting. Which makes my day. I think there's, yeah, fascinating mathematics behind it. We have a few burgeoning partnerships with folks who want when a question that you ask might benefit from being able to then explore it in Desmos, could be able to, to link those together in interesting ways. We're starting to play around with if there are ways in which it can help us in our work. So for example, there's some very, very helpful static analysis tools and code to help and that kind of thing. I think it will be a very, very, very long time before I would trust any of these models more than I would trust a human, maybe ever. But we're my 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 mandate to the team is let's be incredibly, incredibly cautious about using this and mm-hmm. think about some of our goals of who might this help, who might this harm and making sure that we are never accidentally causing harm on intended consequences. So really cautious about using it, but really active about understanding it. Mm-hmm. Sure that we could help answer other people's questions about how they should use it, and also that we can be thoughtful about how we do. I don't know, wishy-washy answer yeah, to that. Was, no? That that seemed completely appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> Great answer. That didn't seem wishy-washy at all. Uh, it's also one where I think it changes so rapidly that 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 answer will probably change. If you'd asked me six months ago, I would have been like, that looks like a fun toy. And yeah. um, today, I, I I think it is more yeah. than a fun toy. Yeah, it's cool. it's like you were saying, I did a technology fads that come and go. And I, I think I often, people are like, oh, the newest thing, da, da, da. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. But this is not a thing that feels like, a, okay, whatever. It feels mm-hmm. like a thing that's going to stick and stay and change what we're doing somehow. Amazing. So I want to be mindful of your time and I want to start to wrap up. And so I am going to ask you if there's, if there's something that we haven't asked you that you want, this is your open floor. What would you like to (laughs) say to the more math for more people podcast listeners? Oh man, no, you've been, I think you've asked 
a lot of really interesting questions and I've rambled and so managed to say everything that I was hoping. <laughs> a lot of real fun there. Um, yeah, excellent. I, I think a lot of, a lot of gratitude for, for having this podcast and for one of the core things I think that CPM does so much better than almost any organization I've seen is using your resources to help support educators and having that just be really foundational to what you do. So yeah. well, that's you. not a question, but a gratitude. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Well, yeah. thank you so much for coming on the podcast Absolutely. today and spending so much time with us. It's been really great talking with you and hearing your whole story and I really appreciate it so much. So thank you. Same. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 Here. So that's all we have time for on this episode of the More Math for More People podcast. For more information and to stay connected, find CPM on Twitter and Facebook. You can find our handles in the podcast description. The music for the podcast was created by Julius H. and can be found on pixabay.com. Thanks, Julius. Join us in two weeks for the next episode of More Math for More People. What day will that be, Joel? It'll be July 25th. National Wine and Cheese Day. And we're just not talking any wine and cheeses here. You could, you could do a two-buck chuck, maybe with a sliced sharp cheddar on a Ritz even. I was actually talking with my daughter, Samantha, and they said that there is no more two-buck chuck. They went to Trader Joe's. There's no two-buck chuck anymore. It kind of surprised me a little bit. I'll have to do some investigating to see if that's true. But just one of the most basic classic food and drink pairings is wine and cheese. Sipping a tangy red or a white between bites of yummy, creamy, nutty cheese on a cracker. It's one of the most pleasant experiences all around. So I hope that you are ready for wine and cheese. And if wine and cheese is not your cup of tea, so to speak, or your cup of wine, I hope that you celebrate.